Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning Shot. Welcome to Morning Shot. It's Imad and Ryan with you. Just recently, Singapore's Land Transport Authority reversed a decision to phase out the older ticketing system for public transport following complaints. That's right. Commuters no longer have to switch to Simply Go. Those who wish to continue using their EasyLink cards and Nets, FlashPay cards can do so. But that comes at a cost. The government will be spending an additional $40 million to make this work. As Singapore continues to refresh its systems, how can authorities ensure that public concerns are addressed before sunsetting old systems? For more insights, we're joined by Walter Thesera. He's an associate professor of economics and the head of the Master of Management Urban Transportation Program at the Singapore University of Social Sciences. Walter, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Hi. Hi, Walter. Let's delve into the technicalities here. Why is there a need to consider an entire system overhaul in the first place? Well, you know, the existing EV-Link system was uh, first implemented in 2002, and it's basically a contactless stored value card system. What that means is everything's done in the card itself. Your cash is on the card, and you need to put cash on the card in order to pay for public transport. And when SimpliGo came around in 2019, uh, the big difference is that you can pay for public transport without having to put any money into a cash account. Instead, you can use any of your existing payment accounts, like, you know, your bank card or a payment app. And uh, many transit systems overseas, they're doing exactly the same thing. They're letting people use their own bank cards and so on because people don't really want to put cash onto a specific card just for public transport only. Um, but what people don't realize is that these two systems, you know, EasyLink and uh, SimpliGo, right, they actually use different technology. It, it looks the same to you because, you know, you tap into the same reader and go. But because EasyLink is using a cash deduction for your cash wallet on the card, uh, that's quite different from SimpliGo, which just records whether you have a payment account or not. And what that means is if you want to keep both systems operating at high reliability, you have to write separate contracts you know, and like make sure that both the systems are actually up to standard. And that's a problem because the EasyLink uh, hardware is actually reaching the end of the life and now you need to maintain it much more. You need to replace it actually for the next cycle. Yeah, Walter, so the whole idea is to transition a group of people towards this Simply Go model. And the question then comes up, you know, should we try to make it a more progressive approach and how progressive should it be when it comes to rolling out a new transport payment system? You know? How do you balance between the potential costs of keeping the old stuff, the older systems, and then having to migrate a huge group of users to a new one? Well, I think we have been trying to take a, a progressive approach, actually, because uh, both systems have been uh, operating at the same time, right, since 2019. Mm-hmm. And, and in most places, when you implement a new payment system, you do the same thing. You, you keep both active, actually, for a while. But the problem is the systems do use different technology. And because the EasyLink system is actually less flexible, you know, than the new system, because it requires you to keep all this cash in the card itself, right? The question, I think, is should we maintain both systems indefinitely? Uh, and I think we have to look at uh, the benefit of an account-based system like SimpliGo. Main benefit is it lets the commuter decide 
what payment method meets your needs the best. You know, you look at Simpligo, some people use a bank card, some use their phone or watch. Um, in fact, 40% of commuters today use their own payment account instead of getting EasyLink or using the Simpligo-specific account. And I think we ought to get a much higher percentage in the coming years because more and more commuters are going to realize, why do I want to keep cash in a separate account just only for public transit? I mean, this is not how we do uh, other payments, right? We, we don't want to keep money in a special account just for our utility bill or something like that. It doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, we have to wait a while because lots of people obviously have concerns about this migration. And we just need to let more people, I think, realize it makes sense for them to move to Simplico because of this benefit of using your own account to pay. Yeah, Walter, let's touch on those concerns that people have about the migration. If we wind the clock back a few years, uh, the LTA actually did carry out a trial with concession cardholders in 2021. So the question here is how extensive should public consultations and trials be? Because after all, there will be some who are not tech savvy and hence won't be easy for them to transition to something new. Yeah, you know, the trials are very important, but there is a limitation to all trials, uh, even if you, you know, do them extremely comprehensively. And that's because uh, trials are based on recruiting volunteers. And, you know, this creates a selection effect. Those people who sign up to volunteer for a trial, they're more inclined to try something like simply go out. And the trials are likely also to have more hand-holding for the participants, you know, because you want to educate and train them on how to use Simply Go. And I think the problem here is when you roll a policy out to the mass public, it's not a trial anymore, you don't have the same resources to work with each commuter, you know, to handhold them and help them adapt. And you don't also have this uh, selection benefit that everybody doing it is already positively inclined to the idea. Uh, so I think in hindsight, um, I think uh, it could have been better for LTA to do a more general general public consultation about this move without having this deadline coming in six months, which a lot of people thought was very, you know, urgent and rushed and so on. And the end date for this transition could have been chosen after observing what progress is like with people, you know, accepting the messaging and voluntarily changing over and so on. So it could have been a bit more drawn out instead of this six month deadline kind of thing. Yeah, Walter, that's a very good point, right? Communication is quite important. Uh, We did see authorities becoming quite receptive to public feedback and taking prompt action when there was outcry over the deadlines and a lot of people are now saying hey maybe this could have been avoided altogether if there was a better communication plan in place yeah, you know, I think this is a bit of a case of a policy blind spot, actually. It's, uh, you know, not, not just a communication issue. I think it's also some difficulty in appreciating that a significant minority would have this uh, huge objection to Simply Go, and, and they would, in fact, consider Simply Go inferior to EasyLink because of these issues of not getting your uh, card balance immediately, not getting uh, the fair, you know, transparency at the fair gate itself. Uh, and those were the objections people had to Simply Go. Then, of course, you know, the question will be, well, if this is the issue, why does anybody use Simply Go, right? But the reason why lots of people, in fact, do use Simply Go, you know, is because you have this ease of use, this simplicity, when you are willing to use your own payment account, like a bank card for this. And in fact, a lot of people have already switched over to using their own bank cards, 40%, and you've got uh, another group, of course, using um, concession cards with Simply Go technology on it. So I think the, you know, the blind spot here really is that there's an assumption here, right? Just mm. because lots of people use Simply Go, they're happy of it. In fact, they voluntarily switch over very rapidly. Well, the mistake is to assume that everybody else will also find it a positive experience. And clearly, uh, many computers didn't find it a positive experience, and that needs to be addressed first. 
Okay, so Walter, then the follow-up question here is what workarounds should the LTA think about instituting if the SimpliGo system is to be fully implemented down the line? Well, I think first, uh, you know, there, there is this, uh, I think, misinformation and lack of insight into what SimpliGo is going around. Uh, so I'll give you a very simple example, right? In the last couple of weeks, I've discussed this issue of, uh, you know, a lot of commuters. And I find that there are commuters out there who today use a bank card or phone app to pay, but they're not even aware that they're using the SimpliGo platform, you know? They, they basically think, look, I'm using my bank card, my credit card, I'm, I'm using my bank to pay, I'm not using SimpliGo to pay. So some of those commuters, in fact, when they heard about this conversion, they were upset. They were upset because they didn't want to be forced into a new platform, but in fact, the new platform, SimpliGo, is actually what they are using right now today, and they didn't know it. They don't know what it's called. Uh, and there's also a lot of misinformation out there. So I've seen, for example, people spreading news about transaction costs for using a bank card with SimpliGo when actually those transaction costs are only charged on foreign bank cards. And I've also seen uh, people talk about overcharging, but overcharging is actually often, um, uh, unfortunately, a user mistake because you fail to tap in and not using the same uh, bank card. So, so the bottom line is, I think, unfortunately, it's been easy for people to spread uh, half-truths and distrust about SimpliGo because a lot of people don't even know what it is, you know, and that's the problem. And I I think uh, because of that, perhaps we, we need a bit more time for, uh, you know, for, for reality about simply go to sink in and for people to realize, you know what, what I'm doing today, what I'm enjoying to do, which is using my bank card, that is actually simply go. And more people need to understand that perhaps. Yeah, lots to take away from this entire episode. Now, simply go aside, Singapore will be making a switch to ERP 2.0, which is a distance-based road pr- pricing system in due time. So based on the feedback so far as the trials get rolled out, what do you think are the key key issues you feel need to be ironed out or to ensure that at least a reasonable segment of drivers' concerns are covered? Well, the, you know, the first wave of uh, concerns about this ERP 2.0, um, I think we're based on this uh, onboard unit that was announced for cars. You know, the three-part onboard unit, the processor, the antenna, and display. Mm-hmm. And people were very upset with it because it looked very bulky and inconvenient. And I think in response to that, the authorities have already announced that at the least, you don't have to install uh, the display unit in the car. You can instead use your own phone apps to monitor your ERP uh, charges. Now, of course, because the system is not really rolled out yet. It's starting to roll out now for fleet, uh, you know, for fleet drivers. Uh, we haven't yet had concerns coming about how it works in practice. And I think um, the big concern here will be reliability. Are motorists correctly charged or not using the new system? And LTA has done very extensive trials to ensure that reliability is going to be high. But of course, you know, motorists will have some doubts because things are completely new. And I think the lesson we've got to learn from uh, Simply Go is... If there are any issues that come up during the transition, we have to be on top of them in terms of communications and responsiveness. Uh, for example, there might be just confusion. You know, some, some motorists uh, drive through an ERP gantry or near an ERP area and they think they're incorrectly charged. And LTA needs to have the records and, you know, the responsiveness necessary to prove that the system is reliable in that case. Um, there's also, you know, another group, I think, which is going to be of concern, which would be a taxi and private hire drivers. Today already, ERP charges are controversial, I think, for this group because, of course, the passengers are supposed to pay, but, you know, they need to make sure passengers are aware of this. Uh, and I think their challenge is going to be ensuring that the passengers understand 
what the charges are and that they have to pay it. Because if you start removing the gantries in the future, uh, the display of the ERP charges will move to the onboard unit. And, you know, that's going to have to be visible and prominent so that the uh, passengers know what they have to pay rightfully. But I think um, this will be sometime in the future. So I think in the near term, it's just about reliability. LTA having to be on, on top to ensure that they can prove to the public that the system is just as reliable as the old one. All right. So reliability, the key buzzword for the masses, whether it's ERP 2.0 or simply go. Walter, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you. We were in conversation with Walter Tessera, an associate professor of economics and the head of the Master of Management Urban Transportation Program at the Singapore University of Social Sciences. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.